Hi, welcome to the Target Outcome Podcast. I'm Steve Grady, and I'm really glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk about the enter stage in the Power Glass Pipeline, which is the first stage of the customer pyramid. You know, and if you didn't uh, listen to the previous episode on the customer pyramid overview, I encourage you to go back an episode and uh, listen to that. And that'll give a lot more context for what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to cover seven concepts in this really vital stage. And then the enter stage, you're essentially doing your onboarding. Um, your prospect is now your customer and you want them to become part of your family. And at this point, first impressions are really huge. You must have a predefined onboarding process. Every step is well-documented and your staff is trained on exactly what to do. And each of these steps is owned by your point person for interacting with the client. Now, again, what's intriguing here is there's 10 key steps to an onboarding journey. In concept two here, we talk about first, set expectations, talk openly about what can be expected of you and what you expect of your new customer. Onboard in small steps. Don't overwhelm them, don't go too fast, uh, pace it because you have the curse of knowledge. You know how your product or service works, you're anxious to get them up and running, but your new customer doesn't really have any idea of necessarily what to expect. They're just starting to understand the value of your product, how it works, and how they're going to use it um, in their everyday life. So to that end, you don't not to overwhelm. Step number three is giving the right info at the right time. Don't overburden. Again, it's easy to get ahead of yourself and start going down rat holes of, hey, this is so cool, and you're all excited about it. But remember, your new customer has no context. They're a babe in the woods here. So you need to meter out the information uh, at the appropriate time in the appropriate way. Make sure you highlight what's important. A lot of times you need to take a look at the information you're giving. You know, more is not better in a lot of cases. Sometimes less is better. And highlighting what's really key to learn is going to be really important for them to get these early quick wins. Which means if you don't overburden, step number five is leave something to discover. You don't want to give it all right up front because some of it won't make sense unless they learn what's going on in the beginning. Uh, step number six is show off your product. Use your own stuff as you, as you demo things, use your videos. If you're using those to onboard, make sure that you're using your own product and that you can see you know, exactly what's going on and your customer begins to understand. And the, one of the best ways is step seven. I call it videos, videos, and more videos. Uh, it's really the fastest way for people to learn. They can go back, they can learn at their own pace, they can review if a concept didn't make sense. So um, these support videos are definitely the way they're easy to do these days. Make sure you have videos of each step of your onboarding process. Step eight is important, especially if you have new customers, new users of your products or service, they're going to react different than clients, existing clients that are using some of your new products. Your new clients know you, know the lingo, they understand maybe how this new product or service fits with their current portfolio of what they already buy from you. But new users have to be treated a little differently. So you need to really understand who you're talking to and craft your language and the pace of which you introduce things. Uh, because again, your clients are up the knowledge ladder already and your new users aren't. So be sensitive to that. Number nine is really an important one. 
you need to focus on experiencing your product or service, not necessarily learning or reading documents about it. Experiential learning is the most powerful thing. And so as you're onboarding, you want to make sure they do things so that they realize step 10, which is quick wins. And you need to plan for at least three at a minimum in your onboarding process to build their confidence and see. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of software companies. One of the key issues is adoption. If you can start getting those, those quick wins, they see, they know, they experience it, they did it themselves, it's sticky, they get excited because they're actually using your product or service to, to do something in their business. Um, so again, step number 10, plan for quick wins. Let's move to concept three here today, and that is many of the relationships now are changing as your new customer goes from a prospect to becoming a customer. Um, the nature of their relationship changes in terms of they perceive themselves now as a customer. They've given you money for your product or service. Um, and also in your company, a lot of times you may have somebody in your go-to-market team, salesperson or other, guiding them through the prospect funnel journey. And all of a sudden now somebody else is assigned to bring them on board to support them and work on their client's success. Um, so expectations and responsibilities on both sides, both your customer and your company, are different than they were before. So it's really key for you to identify a point person in each of the organizations are going to be involved in the onboarding process and your new customer. Does the salesperson continue to be a point of contact? Someone in finance or legal operations, your customer service, support, client success, who's ever going to be touching your customer now and leading them down their customer journey, it's important to make sure that you introduce them and they're well-known and accessible. And then you also, if you have an onboarding process lead person that's not the salesperson, make sure you introduce them that they're going to help coordinate uh, this new onboarding process for your customer. Concept four, and this is about different emotional states. You, know, you are ecstatic about gaining a new customer. Say, woohoo, we got somebody new in the door and this is going to be a great relationship. But your customer is probably excited about starting. They think they they think they found a, a solution to their challenge and they're hoping that's the case. But they're going through some um, fear, uncertainty and doubt at this point. Did I make the right choice? You know, does buyer's remorse start to creep in? So the relationships are in two very different states. You're just gung-ho and it's great to have you here. And they're going, well, I'm, I hope so. I'm not quite sure about that. So you need to be sensitive that you can take specific steps to sort of overcome this fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And, and what you certainly don't want to have is buyer's remorse where they walk away from you because they just don't feel comfortable in, in the relationship. And that's why you need to nurture that relationship. So you're developing more know, like, and trust. As a prospect, they decided to trust you enough to buy, but now you have to keep your promises. This is really where the trust factor is gonna be built is that if you do what you said you were gonna do, that's huge and that's really important. So one of the things you wanna to put together is map out what happens to your customer over the first 100 days. That'll help your customer know you better and, and like what you're doing for them and how you're developing trust by keeping your promises. Companies that put together the 100-day roadmap for onboarding are always more successful than those that aren't because they really are focused on making sure the new customer 
feels loved, and they really start building a sense of trust with you. Again, you have to have a minimum of three quick wins that happen in the first 100 days. A lot of times there's more than that. If you're doing experiential training, they may knock down a whole bunch of quick wins. But it's really important to identify what they're going to be. Don't let them be happenstance. You also want to send out to keep that relationship going some small, short, unexpected, personalized messages uh, from different points and people in your organization to say, hey, it's great to have you a customer. I know I had a client who uh, had their factory floor send messages, say, I'm really enjoying building this new system. It was a computer systems, this new system for you. Um, I'm looking forward to building a lot more. I'm excited that you're part of our family. Those go a long way to really make your new customer feel, feel the love of being in your family. Um, and just remember, you don't have a B2B business. Um, you have a, a P2P, which is people to people. So however you can connect folks in your organization to your client's organization is really important. And all these steps are key to overcoming buyer's remorse. Now, I want to take a, a quick a pass at what I like to call relationship profiles as concept five in today's podcast. As you onboard your new customer, the relationship can develop in four different ways, depending on how successfully you engage in this enter stage and then the subsequent expand and exclusive stages in the, in the golden triangle in the customer pyramid. So imagine if you look, these are kind of visual, but the first one I call is buy and bolt. This is where your customer buys, but kind of has a bad experience and doesn't buy anymore. So they start, you don't really realize your quick wins. They start to get engaged, but they fall off really quickly and they just don't buy anymore. So the, the romance is over really fast. Um, you always need to look at these kind of scenarios and trap them in what happened where were the expectations mismatched? Was it due to your poor product or poor service quality or support? These are real important learning lessons and you do not want to have a lot of buy and bolt customers or you really have issues with your product service or how you're doing your onboarding. The next one is called the bloom falls off the rose. And this is where the customer buys and they buy again and they get some quick wins and they're starting to grow and you're starting to grow business. But then you aren't able to really construct a consulting style relationship. You can't really turn them into a client. So they, they turn to someone else. They find a better deal. They look for reasons to leave. You know, it was a good relationship to start. Uh, you know, sometimes this happens after six months or maybe a year and they go off and find something different. So you really weren't able to serve their needs going forward. Again, that's another scenario you don't want to have many of. The next one you do want to have, the third one is lifetime clients. This is where the customer buys, you get quick wins, you grow your customer with more and more wins, you're able to sell new products and services to them, and you establish a consulting style client relationship. They see you as a trusted advisor and they come to you first when they have any kinds of needs in your area. And the hope here is to get to 100% wallet share of what you do for them. But there is one more type of relationship, which I call create new territories. This is where you developed a lifetime client relationship, but you're so close to them in, in a trusted consulting relationship that you're able to help your client find new revenues, whether it's through new business models, new partners, you know, other kinds of uh, revenues, accelerators for them. So the, your, your revenue curve personally goes kind of up, it flattens a little bit as you get 100% wallet share, but then you find these new territories where then you get another spike in revenues. And that's a great win-win because you're doing something great for your client, but you're also seeing the financial upside of that. 
Concept six today, I wanna to talk quickly about when is the customer one. So you can see how the previous relationship models kind of showed how critical it is for your customer's first experiences to be successful because the successes all build on each other. Now, when you go from the prospect funnel to the customer pyramid and the customer buys from you, you've won the deal and you win the deal in the buy phase, but you win the customer after they enter and well into the expand stage. So, you know, a good example is, you know, some of my software uh, customers, you know, 40 to 60% of software users open the app once and never again open an app. So you won the deal, they kind of came in, they became a customer, but it was definitely, definitely a buy and bolt where they tried it, didn't like it. You won the deal, quote unquote, but the customer is lost. So please make sure that, you know, woo woo, you ring the bell when you get a new customer. But I'll tell you, that customer's not one, the deal's one, but the customer's not one until they're at least um, in a healthy, healthy, you know, the, the, the upside of the boom falls off the rose and it's up to you to make sure it keeps going. But you certainly want a lifetime client curve and you'll know the deal's won when you're really expanding your business and you're starting to become a trusted advisor. Just to finish up, I know this was a long one today, but there are a lot of concepts in the enter phase. The last one is uh, concept seven, quick wins and, and taking a survey. So your customer point person, make sure to denote the quick wins in your CRM or however you're documenting your customer's journey. And after the first quick win or two, you want to engage with a, how did we do survey? You know, some people send it out right away, you know, when, when the, the deal was done and they say, how did we do? Well, you're going to get some feedback on your buy process, but you're going to get no feedback on whether you're starting to develop a, a better relationship, a customer relationship you can turn into a client relationship. So you got to wait just a little while on your how did we do survey, where they've actually got some wins and can feed that back to you that they're really liking and seeing how that's going. Um, your point person will email that survey out, but also should reach out and call to say it's on the way because you really want to show that you care about your new customer's opinion. You ask them to be truthful and indicate where they weren't delighted and make sure you follow up on the survey. If they weren't delighted, you let them know that you got it, you heard it, and you can discuss those issues, clarify them and say, we're going to go ahead and fix those. And these steps in this quick wins survey um, are vital for building trust. And of course, eventually loyalty will talk down further stages in the customer pyramid. So that's what we had for today. More information is over at targetoutcome.com slash powerglass-pipeline. While you're there, make sure to check out uh, how to get your Powerglass Pipeline playbook and the course the video course that goes along with the, these uh, podcasts is the Power Glass Pipeline uh, course. So take a look at the information there, and I'll see you in our next episode, which is um, expand. See you then.